Abide with me, crown him with many crowns, hark the herald angels sing. Have you ever wondered why our beloved hymns were written? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February is Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. This new resource includes background on 50 hymns, Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2. Mr. Williams, a little on the frosty side, perhaps. Not too much fun in laughter. Rather like church. What is it up? Small wonder I didn't notice what I was becoming. Dad, you're right. If only to be alive for one day. But I realize it. I don't know how. Do you think we should alert the police, perhaps? What would the police care that he's a couple of hours late for work? A couple of hours late for work. Who would ever have thought? This man, who until yesterday was living a shell of an existence. And I so very much do not wish to do so. trailer for the movie Living. If you knew you only had a short time to live, what would you do with your remaining days? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Live on this Friday afternoon, February the 17th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be reviewing the movie Living with Pastor Ted Geese. Pastor David Fleming will join us from Dexology to talk about pastoral care for the mental ill, a little bit of listener email in the Issues Etc. comment line, then a conversation with Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. We'll talk about mental illness in the Lutheran congregation. Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. Ted, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. What is the worldview of this film that's dealing with a man who believes he has a very limited amount of time to live? The worldview is a Christian worldview, actually, and it kind of, it's a circuitous route that it comes from that to this, because this film is not exactly, it's not overtly Christian. There's not that many instances in it where there's any kind of comments or anything about Jesus, or you're not going to find like sermons or testimonials or things like that, or even a lot of quoting Bible passages. It doesn't start with a Bible passage at the beginning of the movie. It doesn't have any of that kind of stuff in it. But this film, Living, is actually, and this is the circuitous route kind of a answer to your question. The film is basically a kind of a remake. It's, it's maybe not so much a remake as a transposed companion piece to Akira Kurosawa's film, Akiru which came out in 1952. And that film by a Japanese director shot in Japan, all like with Japanese cast, everything is completely Japanese. That film is based on Leo Tolstoy's The Death of Ivan Ilyich. 
from 1886. And by that point in Tolstoy's life, his Christian, like he's got like a lot more Christian faith coming to the surface. Actually, he had written something called Confession in, in 1879. And in that he asked this question, is there any meaning in my life that will not be destroyed by my death? And this film, so now like going all the way back from like Russian Orthodox inspired Tolstoy through to Japan with Akira Kurosawa, famous director. People would know him from movies like Seven Samurai from 1954, which was turned into the John Sturges, The Magnificent Seven film from 1960, or, you know, a bunch of uh, like samurai movies. But through Akira Kurosawa, then now you get the current film made by this Oliver Hermanus, in which it again it, it follows the story of a man who has a terminal illness and is facing his death and trying to figure out what he's going to do with the life that he has left to live in the months that he has left to live it. And the reason why I would say that it's a Christian, we've got this little pedigree going back, but how it approaches the idea of dying is thoroughly Christian in nature. And it does not go down some of the maybe materialist rabbit trails that you find in modern society, particularly around like a doctor assisted suicide or like a medical assisted dying, you know, like these kinds of things. So it really does get down to like the idea of a person being body, mind and soul, and that you could actually be walking through life kind of dead. And what does that all mean? And like, what does it mean to live? And, and how does it all fit into everything? So that I would say is why I would say that the worldview is a Christian worldview. Now that's a lot right off the bat, but it's um, a great question because uh, if you sat down and watched the movie, you might not necessarily come immediately to that conclusion. You may not know all of the details of how we got to this point with this film. There is one spot in the film where the character of Williams, played by Bill Nighy, says, when the time comes, when my maker calls me, I wish at least for him to find me living. The thing is, I don't see how to change it now. I've tried my best these last few weeks, even went to the seaside. This is kind of at a pivotal moment where things are kind of clicking and things are kind of about to change for him. But he is aware as a character inside the story that he will meet his maker. And as a Christian watching it, we know who that is. And then if you kind of know the background of everything leading up to this, you can kind of see, well, there's some underpinnings there. There's one other little thing I'll, I'll say, which is the hint to kind of really nails all of this down, is that my wife and I, we went to the movie Living, and then we waited a couple of weeks and we watched this Akiru by Akira Kurosawa. And as you're watching that film, there's a character who's this novelist that he meets when he goes to the seaside and they're kind of having like a night out or whatever, kind of like going to bars and night spots, etc. And he's got the guy with him who's got the terminal cancer, your main character, the novelist in the Akira Kurosawa film says to the barmaid, Eke Homo, behold the man. 
This man bears a cross called cancer. He's Christ. If you were diagnosed with cancer, you'd start dying right away, but not this fellow. That's when he starts living. So <laughs> that is a, a line from the 50s Japanese film that doesn't show up in the current new film, but it does show that underpinning of a Christian worldview that's being kind of brought along the way from Leo Tolstoy right up to here watching this movie Living. So just a simple question, how well is it acted? It's really a superb movie. Bill Nye is a really great actor. He's been in piles of very different things. His career goes back to the 1970s. He's up for Best Actor nomination for this film at the Oscars. A lot of people might know him from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. He played Davy Jones, so the big squid-looking guy. <laughs> He's just been in all sorts of things. He was in the those films, um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and he was in the Underworld uh, series. He was in the movie Love Actually from 2003. So he's been in a bunch of very different things. This is um, not squid men or vampires and werewolves. This is this is a, a drama, you know, so it's not like some of that other stuff he's done. But he has range. He does a really, really wonderful job in this movie. And on the whole, the movie is very kind-hearted. It's a kind of a very gentle sort of a film in a lot of ways. It's sad, but not needlessly so. It's, it's actually quite profound. And on the whole, once you've finished watching it, it's, you actually feel better than you did when, than when you started. And I say that, like, I don't know, I don't often recommend people go and see a film, but we've been trying to catch up on a lot of the films that are up for Oscars right now, and I've been seeing a lot of things. And this is by far one of the very good, good films. It's, an, it's not up for Best Picture, but it is up for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it's up for Best Actor. And both of those things are, it, it deserves those nominations, and it's really great. We also saw recently this film, The Whale. This is that Darren Aronofsky uh, director. He made this film, and... It also deals with a person who's at the end of their life. And in that case, it's just one week of life left. So as you go through the movie, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But that movie is, in terms of worldview, we've talked about Darren Aronofsky before. We talked about him when he made the movie Noah. And in terms of worldview, that is a film that's worldview is hostile to Christianity. And in the end, it's it's a very bleak and kind of horrid awful film. And if I had somebody in front of me who was recently given a diagnosis of terminal illness of some kind, there's no way on earth I would say, go watch The Whale by Darren Aronofsky. On the other hand, living this film, I could say, you know what, this might be something for you to watch. Because it isn't hostile to your Christian faith. And it's not a self-centered film. And maybe we could talk more about, about that because that's another way in which it's, it, it, it really does embody kind of a Christian ethos and understanding in terms of a worldview. What do you mean by that? 
it's not a self-centered film. Okay, so when somebody's given like X number of days or X number of months to live or whatever, if they have that kind of a terminal uh, illness, you know, like there was another film called The Bucket List, right? And that was very popular, Jack Nicholas, back when that came out. And this idea of a bucket list, like what are all the things I want to do? Now, some people have a quote unquote bucket list and they're kind of chipping away at it. And there, there is no terminal like diagnosis of, of an illness. I mean, people know that they will die. But if when you get a diagnosis like that, all you want to do is everything that would be completely self-serving. And you're going to use that remaining time in your life to just completely and totally do everything that you want to do in a completely, totally self-serving way, a selfish way, a way that's curved in on itself, then that would be a sinful way of living out the last months of your life. This film, it, it, you know, once he kind of comes to his senses about everything, because at first, you know, he does go to the seaside and he goes to some night clubs and different things like that. But he gets to this point where it's like, he's got all of these, the guy who takes him around to all of these clubs and things in the movie, this movie living, he's a filmmaker. They end up talking with each other because Williams, the main character has got a whole bunch of uh, sleeping pills and he's, he's contemplated just maybe ending his life, but he decides he's not going to do that. So then he does try like just having a more exuberant life maybe because he's very dull, very boring guy. He's kind of sleepwalked his way through most of his life. He's kind of all like the, like people kind of think of him like he's almost already kind of dead. But once he gets kind of doing a little bit of that stuff, it's, it's still not satisfying. So the real kind of crux of all of it, where things kind of go in the right direction for him is when he decides that with the time that he has left, he wants to do something for somebody else to do some sort of thing that he could do. So he's this bureaucrat in a kind of bureaucratic office in London, and he deals with red tape and all this stuff all the time. And mostly he just doesn't do anything. He's very accomplished at not getting anything done, but he knows the ins and outs. So when he returns to work from his AWOL kind of little time away, when he returns to work, he just takes on this project that nobody wants to touch with a 10 foot pole that desperately needs being done for people who can't get the, it done themselves. And he suffers his way through all of the red tape to see it through to the end, not primarily for himself, but for others. And that is that kind of really leave it, living his vocation in the best possible way, in the most Christian kind of way. That's why, again, the worldview of this film is so Christian in its underpinnings. And it's a great meditation on devotion to your work in, in like a real vocational kind of a way. And, you know, you don't have to wait for a terminal diagnosis to, to have that approach to things. And the, for the Christian, of course, and for everybody who is paying any kind of attention, we're called to that in our lives by Christ himself. So you have like this wonderful passage from Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12, where, you know, we have these words, therefore, since we are surrounded by so 
great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So this character of Williams, played by Bill Nye, isn't a Christ figure because he himself fails at different things. You know, he has a hard time even telling his son that he's got terminal cancer, but he endures this cross of cancer that he has, and he goes through all of this, enduring all of it, the shame of, like, he doesn't, not everybody knows what's going on, and, you know, he, he patiently cuts through all of this red tape. At one point, somebody says to him, you know, like this other office, you know, there's all these runarounds, you know, the other office is treating him so poorly. Another staff member of his says, they're treating you so poorly. Aren't you angry? And he says, I don't have time to be angry. So he's found this peace knowing that he's going to die and going through his own passion narrative, as it were, through the last days of his life. And this is kind of like, hey, isn't this a great movie for Lent? Perhaps people should maybe check it out. Ted Geese is our guest. We're looking at the movie Living. When we come back, he wanted to discuss this film in the context of Canada's medical assistance in dying. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to come out to the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, it's going to be a blast. Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee. I'm going to be giving a presentation called Making the Case Against Cancel Culture, where I talk about how we write comedy and how Christians need to use art and writing and all of that wonderful stuff to fight against cancel culture and how we have to take a bold stand for the truth using the creative talents that God has given us. It's going to be a great time and I'm so excited to come out and see everybody, meet everybody, and uh, and talk a little bit about how we write satire and use that to communicate God's truth. You can meet and hear Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call 618-223-8385. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in River Forest, Illinois. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Faith Lutheran Church and School in Plano, Texas preaches Christ crucified. Join us each Lord's Day to hear law and gospel preaching and to receive the Lord's Supper. Our classical preschool through grade 12 Lutheran school is second to none. The school serves home educators, too, with online classes in the high school. We are located at 1701 East Park Boulevard in Plano, Texas. Reach us by phone at 972-423-7448 or on the web at www.flsplano.org. Job saw the city as a wasteland as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace 
and shine the light in the city. We are reviewing the movie Living with Pastor Chad Geese. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled The Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. If you are a fan of classic Christian hymnody, the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February is for you. It's called Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, volume two. You'll find a link to it at our website, issuesetc.org. Or you can call Concordia Publishing House and ask for Eternal Anthems. Their number, 1-800-325-3040. 1-800-325-3040. Ted, you wanted to talk about the message of this film in the context of the Canadian medical assistance in dying, which is essentially physician-assisted suicide that is catching on like wildfire up there in Canada. In the States, like here they used to call it doctor-assisted suicide. That's what it used to be called. In the States, I think you guys still talk about it like that. Here, it's euphemistically referred to as maid, uh, so that's medical assistance in dying. And what do, what does a maid do? She tidies up. It's it's kind of, it's it's distressing. And right now in Canada in the last while, it's before the government at this time, and there's recommendations to open up who could be eligible for this? Right now, they're, they're looking at opening it up to people who have mental illness and even to minors with mental illness. This is a, a really distressing, distressing time. The idea that somebody could be prescribed this by their doctor is very distressing. And this is why, like, with... A movie like this, I said, you know, like that movie, The Whale, Brendan Fraser plays this character. He's like very, very massively overweight. This is like my 600-pound life kind of a thing. And so much so that even within the film, it's like referencing back to Moby Dick and stuff. It's it's it's, it's just such a terrible movie. Please, if, if you're not like a big fan of Darren Aronofsky, you, you can just skip that one for sure. But somebody in that kind of a very bad condition and shape, like in Canada, it's possible then that he could be prescribed medical assistance in dying. And then they would facilitate that. The doctor would facilitate that. A person with a condition like this stomach cancer that the character of Williams has in this movie, Living, in the current context in Canada could also maybe become eligible for receiving medical assistance and dying. But that would be a, a tragedy. Here you have this example of somebody who actually makes the most of the time that they've got. And he's in, in this is a, like I know it's a it's a it's a dramatic film, it's a drama, and maybe people don't have all of the uh, physical ability to do all of the kinds of things that you see in this film. Nevertheless, as Christians, maybe the thing that we're doing is providing an opportunity for people to take care of us. And by taking that away, what you have is a coarsening of society and a coarsening of the ethos of a people. And that's a danger that is in the midst of all of this medical assistance and dying stuff going on in Canada right now. And the idea that you could even open it up to people who are just mentally ill is, is terrible. And when you think of like people who have long-term 
chronic conditions, you can get bean counters involved in it. And it's like, well, how expensive is it to take care of this person over 20, 30 years versus if they, if we didn't have to, it's for geriatric care, any sort of cancer related care. This is a terrible, terrible thing that's going on. And when I see this movie, and of course, with this topic of death and dying and everything, then this kind of comes up into my mind as something that I'm thinking about as I'm watching this film. The other thing is that I mentioned that at one point early in the film, he has these sleeping pills and the thought is, is that he might kill himself with these sleeping pills, but he chooses not to. So he doesn't choose the route of suicide. He chooses the other route, the route of suffering through to the end, to endure his death as it unfolds in front of him. As he does that within the context of the story of the film, he actually becomes an inspiration to the people around him who start to piece together what's going on. So for the Christian, if faced with that kind of a choice, in Canada, that choice may be presented to you even by your doctor. Choosing to live is the best possible choice because it'll draw you have the potential to be drawn closer to Christ because he himself endured his passion and cross unto the end in our place. He's already gone that way and he's with you all the way through it. And the, the whole like topic of suicide shows up so often lately. I don't know, maybe I've got bad luck on this, but you know, just kind of thinking back a little bit, everything everywhere all at once, which is up for best picture also has themes of suicide in it. All Quiet on the Western Front, which is also up for Best Picture at the Oscars, has themes of suicide in it. The Banshees of Inna Sharon, which we talked about, which is also up for Best Picture, has themes of suicide in it. And I had a bunch of people ask me, are you going to talk about A Man Called Otto? And I happened to find out that it's got themes of suicide in it uh, with Tom Hanks. And I just went, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of it. I need a break from all of these movies that have all of this in it. This film though, having said that, it shows up briefly near the beginning and it's pivotal, but it's, this is, this is a very pro-life movie. You know, often we think of pro-life in terms of abortion related things, but this is pro-life in terms of euthanasia related things. And for that reason, it's a very interesting and worthwhile film. Briefly, any pastoral concerns? I have mentioned a number of times that I would recommend this to somebody who, I might recommend it to somebody who has a terminal illness. But again, you have to think about the person that you're recommending it to. So this is kind of a general blanket recommendation saying, hey, Christians, this is a movie that's not hostile to your faith, that is pro-life when it comes to euthanasia, that is has a positive underpinning and a worldview that's Christian in which you can see Christian things. And it has this weird kind of circuitous routed pedigree back to like a novel that has Christian content in it and a writer who arrived at a Christian place himself. All of that's great. You're going to know whether or not, like I just said, like I, I kind of hit my limit on suicide related stories. As a viewer, you're going to know, hopefully, if you're paying attention to yourself and what's going on, 
you might know when it's like, I can't do more of that. This is going to be too much for me. And if I had like three people who had terminal illnesses and I knew them well, I might say, okay, for you, this is going to be a really positive movie for you to watch. For you, this might be one that you might need to wait two or three weeks before you watch it because you're going through some things right now. So I want people to hear this in terms of a pastoral caution is that, yeah, this is really serious stuff. And take that into account as you think about watching it. This isn't escapist. This is uh, poignant. It's not a bad thing. It's just something you need to pay attention to. The only other thing is, is that it is very gentle and kind, like the way that it all unfolds. And it's, it's just superbly, really well done. It's not really probably a movie for little, little kids. I think that lots of people would benefit from watching it. So in terms of pastoral concerns, you know, I would just say that, you know, it's, it is a, it's a serious topic. And as everybody who just listened knows, it's going to make you think. It's going to bring up things from your own context and your own life in situations that you're either in yourself or somebody that you love or a family member or a coworker has been in. There's a lot there to dig into with a film like this. Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He is pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. You'll find a link to his movie reviews on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Ted, thanks. Thank you. Pastor David Fleming joins us from Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel, to discuss pastoral care for the mentally ill next. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. One of the most difficult decisions that a spouse has to make is the decision to put their beloved husband or wife into a long-term care facility as a result of mental illness. In the February issue of The Lutheran Witness, the Reverend Michael Casting tells the story of how he cared for his wife during her struggle with Alzheimer's and how he came to grips with this decision. To find out more, you can read his article in the February issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and lay people worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy promotes confessional Lutheran theology through conferences, scholarly exchanges, and publications like Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up for their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com We often hear that all of Holy Scripture is written about Christ. 
but do you know where to find him in books like 1 Kings? If you would like to deepen your knowledge of Christ in Holy Scripture, join the Concordia Bible Institute on February 18th at Pilgrim Lutheran Church in West Bend, Wisconsin, as the Reverend Doctors Brian Gurman and Harold Tomish of Concordia University, Wisconsin, present a seminar titled Christ in the Old Testament. To register, call our office at 262-334-0375 or visit concordiabible.org. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Baltimore, Maryland. Faith Lutheran, Capistrano Beach, California. Good Shepherd Lutheran, Lincoln, Nebraska. Emmanuel Lutheran, Osceola, Iowa. Messiah Lutheran, Keller, Texas. Prince of Peace Lutheran, San Diego, California. St. John Lutheran, Algoma, Wisconsin. St. Paul Lutheran, Cedar, Michigan. Trinity Lutheran, Auburn, Nebraska. And Zion Lutheran, Gwinner, North Dakota. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.